You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about the second Star Wars anthology film, Solo, A Star Wars Story. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Mr. Jeremy Vincent. Hi. <laughs> and Mr. Jared Callen. Me, Supreme Being. Because if you just listened to the beginning of the podcast, you heard that and it's still stuck in your head. Uh, and we are talking uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story, uh, directed by Ron Howard. Um, before we go into our thoughts of the film, uh, let's give a little, uh, a little backstory here, a little history. This film was originally directed by, or was going to be directed by, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Who promptly got uh, let go? Well, after shooting eighty percent of the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, no, yeah. When Ron Howard came back, uh, I think the Variety article I saw said like he had like what seventy percent. He was shooting shot? seventy. They re- they went back and reshot a lot of it because they had to recast their main villain. Oh yeah, well, Paul Bettany. Yeah, was recast. He, he, he was recast. He wasn't the original guy playing that. And what's cool about that? I, I looked up the. Uh, I can't remember the uh, the original guy's name. Michael K. Williams. There That's you go, him. Michael K. Williams. He actually has a pretty gnarly scar on his face. I was. I was. I couldn't find a. Um, couldn't find a, a production still of him, and I was wondering because you know if Paul Bettany's character has all these like gnarly scars. Looks like he's been clawed up pretty bad. Oh yeah. So I was wondering if did they enhance, you know, the the previous actor's scar. With oh, more, with the makeup? Yeah, to, to get there. So it's it's interesting, because when you look at the character and then the previous actor, it's like, oh, interesting. No, I didn't even know. Yeah. I, I haven't even seen that guy. <laughs> I had no idea who, who this who he kinda was looks like He kind of looks like Kingpin. Like, if you imagine what Kingpin looks like, uh, with a giant scar across his face. Oh, Definitely King- has a scar pattern of he put the wrong bad moves on a Wookiee. Oh, oh, we talked about Paul Bettany's character? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. He got his ass tore up at some point. And yeah. that, maybe that's why he's so damn angry. One of the best roles I've seen him do in a long time. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, he was he was really good. He was he was like super solid in this role. Yeah, him and Ron Howard have worked together before. Uh, yeah, Da Vinci Code and Da Vinci Code and um, I know they worked on something else. Oh, what is it? Uh, oh, Beautiful Mind. A Beautiful Mind. Yeah, he, he's the he's the 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 guy that the guy sees. He's like his his imaginary friend or whatever. His his uh, his schizophrenic, you know, guy who <laughs> follows him around in life. 
Everybody needs a best friend. <laughs> if you don't, you can make one up. Hey, an imaginary friend, nobody knows you better. They'll never let you down either. See, I'm Ain't not, that right, Charles? I don't have an imaginary friend. I'm my imaginary friend's imaginary friend. Wait. Wait. <laughs> so am I talking to a real person right now? <laughs> I don't know. Are, are, you, are you even really Am here? I your imaginary friend? Oh, man. I'm only in your ears. Do I, do I we don't put this really podcast exist. out? Is it really just a one person talking? You know, that's actually funny. You actually, what they don't know is this, we're all you. <laughs> and when you do some really impressive overlay. It's just one like person. Stacking everything. Yeah, you're doing every. <laughs> and I thought we were never going to give that secret away. Well, I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to, you know, first you need to get over it. You have to realize. Well, you know, this is how conspiracy theories are born. Right. <laughs> that's not true. It's not all Brian. <laughs> or... Is it? Is it? Um, Do your Paul voice. Oh, quick, call me. <laughs> Just editing note: You should totally like get Paul to record. All right, guys, let's talk about solo. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then that we'll was, go right into. Oh, that was good, man. That was a good one. That was good. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, get us back on track. Uh, what were we even talking about here? Uh, we were talking about uh, oh. cast and then uh, about kind of how the movie kind of went off the rails and was uh, Ron Howard picked up and then yeah, and then um, there was a segue after that. I mean, if there's anybody you can bring in on a movie that you feel is kind of out of control and bring it back to mediocrity, it's Ron Howard. No, I, I think that they did that on purpose, man. I, I think it, it, he was the safe choice. You know, they, they had these two guys in there that were shaking things up and doing a lot of improv and going over schedule and all that. And so they went with the safe choice and, and brought in somebody that they knew could, you know, yeah, c- was, come in at it budget. A, and it was a joke. No, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but saying it's right. You're right. <laughs> me, me, mediocrity will we'll finish the film <laughs> on time and, you know, at budget maybe. Yeah, definitely on, on in time. Yeah, I was, I was hearing like uh, uh, Lord and Miller were taking something like 30 takes and Ron Howard gets in there and they're like three or four. Yeah. You know, well, also the uh, the other guys weren't really like thinking of camera as much as like performance. So uh, you know, but Ron Howard thinks like how to shoot it properly, right? So it was making it more efficient. Well, he's definitely a pro. Yeah, he's been there a while. I can see that because you know you say that uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller they've just didn't really did two live action comedies, right? And then and they then, did uh, that Lego movie. Oh, well, and then Cloudy, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, well, yeah, okay, that's an animated movie. Yeah, too. animated. Yeah, yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Is it one of those situations where they just tell the DP to just shoot it however you want? Look, we're going to set it up, and why don't you capture it? That's your job, okay? And they just turn away. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of this DP. This is the guy who shot Arrival. Yes, he did. Uh, Bradford Young. The movie looks great. The movie's cool. Yeah. Like, all the soft light, like in the Falcon. Uh, The movie looks awesome. Yeah. No, man, totally love how it looks. Yeah, guy always shoots great stuff. complaints on the visual presentation See, I, I've heard people complaining about how it should look more polished, like uh, like the most recent Blade Runner movie, but that doesn't. No, I think it shouldn't. I think it should look like it fits right before A New Hope. Right, <laughs> the way it should. I think it's got some moments where it, it kind of does look like it looks like Blade Runner. Like oh. uh, I'm thinking of like Han and, and Chewie's uh, first scene in the film together. Well, I mean, dead on at the very end. Well, I'm not spoiling anything, but the very end where we where we uh, cut in on. Um, Chick from Game of Thrones. Uh, I can't. Dude, you just spoiled who's in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't remember her name. It starts with a Q. Uh, uh, Um, Emily Cara. Cara. 
Kara. Anyways, Kara. Kara. Kara, maybe. Anyway, so Something she like so she 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 walks over to the window and it looks exactly like uh the girl from Blade Runner. Like into my, like as far as like the lighting and the oh, way that looks. Okay. I was like, yeah, all right, I can see that. You know, so I, mean, I get what you're going yeah, from. They, they they totally they have moments like that. I, I I can see that. And it has that kind of it has a little bit of a seventies feel to it as far as the yeah, the lighting and the pastel you kind of color. I have stuff. no complaints at all on how it looks. It is it is very washed out and it is dark. Um, yeah. I saw this uh, once um, in 3D. Man, it, with the 3D glasses, I, you could not see shit. Now, they make everything dark anyways. So a yeah. dark movie in those dark ass glasses. Yeah, yeah. you lo- you lose a lot of the 3D effects just because you couldn't see things. Man, I don't know if I could I could take this movie in 3D. <laughs> Well, I, well, the first time we saw it, I thought, you know, some of the stuff with the ships and the Falcon flying, flying through space. I thought, man, that's going to look pretty cool in 3D. The, the I, that gnarly look... train heist. Yeah. With it, like, going down, I could see well, the 3D okay, kind of aspect I had said that I have that. zero complaints on the visual presentation, but I do wish there were some times where it kind of pulled back just a little bit on some of the action moments. And you got a little bit more wide shots? Yeah. It, there's a lot of close-ups cutting to mid-shots that cut back to close-ups that... So you're saying it's too lose choppy? Lose a little bit of the, like, the momentum? Yeah, they did mostly just kind of use the wide shots for intro scenes or yeah. or to, like, you know, go, like, oh, we're going from this location to this in a in a, in a chase moment. That's Yeah, you're right. Counter, I think, I think it was you talking about the difference between uh, Batman Begins and then The Dark Knight, how he shot the action in Batman Begins, and there's a lot more yeah. cuts in it, whereas in, you know, The Dark Knight, it's a lot more of a fuller screen and you get more what's going on oh yeah you get to see that whole fucking truck flip man that in one shot it's beautiful yeah i kind of wish that you got to see a little bit more because some of it's a little jarring but (laughs) it looks awesome i'll I'll (laughs) go back to that the the movie does the movie does have a a couple of of, of editing issues but i'm not gonna fault the editor for that i think that's you know different sources coming through you got two different directors right i mean like even though the guys got fired Lord and Miller, like they still have thirty percent. Is they shot? That's their movie, right? Well, they they were listed as executive producers. So, thing that didn't switch, the thing that was constant throughout the the whole film, were the writers, the Casdens, yeah, Lawrence and his son John, who I have I've not seen many or if really any of his films. I've seen a bunch from his dad, of course, Lawrence Kasdan, great filmmaker. Body Heat, The Big Chill, and of course he wrote Empire, yeah, Last been, Jedi. He's been, he's been in the Star Wars world since the 80s. He wrote yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark, too, didn't he? Yep. I mean, no one can't say that the dialogue in this movie is pretty damn good. It I, is. I, I don't know. I, I thought that it was very solid. Like, there was, like, it's definitely, it felt Hanny, the way he said things. and Han. Han, sorry. Han, Han. Han, Han, Han. Who, Han. who are you, Lando over here? <laughs> I did like that they kept that. Yeah. Lando still kept calling him Han. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's the Leah Leia thing as well, you know. Yeah. Princess Leah. But yeah, that, that was good. You know, that's like that's subtle fan service that I do I do I do appreciate. Right. In the movie. That was good. That was a good line. Yeah. That, that, that didn't drop me out like the telling where he got his name in a really hokey way. And I thought, I mean, honestly, I thought all, everybody's performance was pretty good. Oh, dude, yeah. I, I thought, yeah, the performances were really solid. I mean, that's got to suck going in as a young actor and know you have to portray Han Solo, a beloved character played by one of the greatest actors ever. That's got to be hard. What was that guy's name? Han Solo? Yeah, what's Han Solo's name? Uh, Douglas. Um, no, it's Han, uh, uh, Alden. Alden's Aaron Rich. Ehrenreich. Er- 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 Aaron Reich. <laughs> Aaron Reich. Er- there it is. 
Alden Ehrenreich. See, that's a, see, that's another problem with this guy. His name is harder to remember. He should change his name to like Harrison Ford <laughs> Jr. Harrison Ford, not Harrison Ford. Just call him that. That's his name, not Harrison Ford. All, okay, so Alden, Alden, all, all is see, it? That's Alden? how you get it. See, Harrison Ford. It kind of goes all. He just rolls right <laughs> off your tongue. I'm, I'm telling you, all to go there. All in Alan Wright. <laughs> just take his last name, break it up, simple it down. He did a good job, man. You know, he, no, no, no. He did a good job. He did a good job. You know, he looks like a young Dennis Quaid. He does a little bit. I'll give yes, you I'm telling you. I, he I, does. I, can't, I have to get over that next time I watch it. Just like, just like, okay, he looks like Interspace Era Dennis Quaid. He really does. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we're all right now. We're gonna. I'll, I'll, I'm just waiting to see a cute ass Meg Ryan and Martin Short come around the corner. But he, he he did do a great job. No, no, no. He he, he totally lived up. Um, I think that also who did a really good job was the guy who replaced Chewbacca, who's actually been the stand-in for Chewbacca for the last three films. I did yeah. not know Peter Mayhew was not Chewbacca in um, in Last Jedi. In Last Jedi, yeah, yeah. He, he he did he did kind of like maybe twenty percent of the scenes in in uh, Force Awakens, but basically was just there to mentor him throughout the entire Last Jedi. So, and it, it, even his like eyes look right. I had no idea. Yeah, and it, it's dead on. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. He does, and, and like he, he does a good job. And apparently, I never noticed. Apparently, they. Uh, I didn't realize this. I always thought that it was like um, it was like ADR, like overdubbing, uh, like his all that shit. The actor who plays Chewbacca, both Peter Mayhew and um, uh, Jonah, is his name. It's spelled J O O. Jonah. Anyways, or something. The way he not Peter. Not Peter. <laughs> That's why we're going to do this. Not Peter Mayhew. Uh, like, you know, Not actually famous guy. Um, performs the on set, actually does it, you know. And they actually, they, they fill. They, 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 they use that and then they fill in on it, on, on top of it or whatever. And they, but but like, they, there's actual they're, they're dailies with field audio with him like and that's why oh dude that he, one, get, I giving would I would pay I, to see money and I, you know, to see you, that, you know that would be amazing so the first time that uh, you know not uh, <laughs> the first time they sit down and he goes and everybody has to bust out laughing you know not Harrison Ford's like <laughs> <laughs> or, or could not be the exact Ford. opposite they could be like damn you sound just like a Wookiee. <laughs> I got a Wookiee Woody over here because of that. That's a t-shirt. Indeed. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Wookiee Woody? Wookiee Woody. <laughs> I got a Wookiee Woody. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Dizzy's coming back hard. <laughs> oh. oh. For the Wookiee Woody. No. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, uh, Amelia Clark! What'd you guys uh, think of her? Oh, she's so from uh, Game of Thrones, coming in uh, doing a little <sighs> femme fatale uh, spin. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I almost as much as in my cousin Vinny, <laughs> the screen lust. This girl is just so damn fine on screen, man. I'm pretty sure she's yeah. fine off screen too. Oh man, and you know, I don't know, man. You know, sometimes yeah, I, like usually the like camera, like the angles. Man. Yeah, it does. It, it is. It, it, yeah, it does favor her in a certain way. She's definitely high on my actress crush list. Man, very very high. And she did a really good job separating herself from Khaleesi. I wasn't really seeing her and Sarah Connor. I forgot that she did Sarah Connor. Yeah, let's let's all forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be for the best. Isn't that right, pops? I'll be back. I'll be back. Um, Did you just call the Terminator Pops? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, no, man. She, I think she did. She I'm going to really remember good. every second I ever see her on screen. No, guys. man. And her her character 
is nicely layered. I don't like how she pops back in. Kind of that was kind of jarring to me. Oh uh, really? Really? Like it just kind of like I, I, I get it. Like w- once but, we get into spoilers, I want to I want to ask you guys some stuff about this. Yeah. How do, how do we how do we roll into that world? Because I'm having to hold my tongue a lot. Can we get to the spoilers part so we can talk? <laughs> can we tickle the eardrums with lots of juicy information? I mean, seriously, watching Han Solo die on screen again for the second time was like seriously. I just could not deal with that. Like I was like, "Fuck, really?" Like a couple years right. ago. How I many had to times watch are you going to just stand there and let somebody stab you I with mean, a lightsaber, really, man? Damn it! I mean, there's not that many lightsabers in this movie, and you have to catch it in your chest again. All right. Okay. All right. Well, can we at least before we go into spoilers, just what did you guys at least think of this film? My initial reaction was like every time I watch a new Star Wars film, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And then then, like yet again, you got to like watch it. You got to deal with it. You got to process it and look back on it. It's like drinking a glass of wine. That first taste may be like, ooh, but you know, the more you, more you drink it, yeah. it opens it up. And you're like, oh, this wine must be breathing. Nah, you're just getting used to it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I walked out of Force yeah, Awakens. You're getting drunk. <laughs> Which is also a plus. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a win-win to me. Uh, <laughs> getting yeah. drunk on Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, walking out of Force Awakens, yeah, I, I, didn't, like, I didn't like that first viewing. Because I had like, you know, these little nitpicky nerd problems. And right. once I got over them, I was, you know. Able to enjoy the movie and like surprise cameos at the end. <laughs> but you know, th- this film does it does have some of those some of those problems. But I was I was reading a review where a critic said that every time the film wasn't trying to be a Han Solo origin story, it, it was good. Yeah, I can agree with that. And, and every time it, it tried to be that Han Solo origin story, it suffered. And <laughs> it's it's kind of like they had a list of okay, look. I was like, yeah, we need to hit this point. We need to hit this point. We need to hit this point. So they did all that, and then they wrote really cool shit in between that. But when we hit these like major like, this is why this is this way. This is why this is this way. This is why Chewie has a red rocket penis. You know that that whole thing. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? <laughs> you know he doesn't wear pants. Did you so watch when, the Chinese edit? I didn't no, see that. No, like when, when he's all covered in mud, you didn't see his giant like. Ho- ca- Cock, a dog cock? No. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I must have missed that. I blocked that out. <laughs> nice to meet you, Han. <laughs> All right, Benson, you're being all quiet there. <laughs> just, just listening. <laughs> What'd you think? You really want to do this before spoilers, huh? <laughs> you know, um, this is his way to muzzle you on what you've got to say. <laughs> Benson's like, you know... If they listen to the first part of the you know, show, honestly, like if <laughs> if you're a Star Wars fan and you like the cartoon and you like reading books and you like reading comic books, you'll probably like this movie because it feels a lot like reading a book or watch reading one of those comic books. It's a chapter. It's it's not one of my favorites. It's does it reach the bar of of somewhat expectation satisfactorily? Like let's say, let's say that up here, it just feels overthought. Honestly. Like by, like uh, filmmaking by committee, which is what it was. Well, very much. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like it's like you just said. You kind of summed it up great without even knowing you did it. Oh, but damn. they took all these moments from the Star Wars trilogy and said, "Oh yeah, he meets Lando and he wins the Millennium Falcon." And yeah, all the stuff you get from the Star Wars trilogy, and they go, "Okay, we got to answer all of this." 
when they're not trying to answer those things, the movie gets kind of interesting. Right. But then when they are trying to answer those things, it goes, oh, come on. Now, is that, do, you, do you think that that is just because you had a certain expectation on what those moments could have been? No, because I didn't have any. I didn't really care. So may, 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 maybe knowing that that, oh, so this is how that happened. No, it didn't. You didn't even have that moment? No. <laughs> I, 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 most I just, of those it, landed me, okay with me, except for like me, they, how he got his name. Honestly, they feel fine. As no, no, an no, now we're starting to get the spoilers. <laughs> well, I'm not telling I how mean, he they, got his name. They, those moments feel fine in you know in among themselves, but at the same time as the narrative of the movie is going on, it becomes a little cluttered. Right. Um, yeah. It could get streamed down if uh, say the run again. The Kessel Run. Kessel Run. The Kessel Run, Okay. Yeah. In 12 parsecs. Um, <laughs> it's like I was telling you guys when we first, <laughs> we first saw it. I think Round if you had taken the entire plot, built it around making the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, and some of, down, the, yeah. some of the stuff happening along the way, it would have been a leaner movie. But instead, they're, they're trying to hit this beat and trying to hit this beat, and they're building plots plot around those beats, which... To me, makes it a little cluttered. Right, and every Star Wars movie has to be over two hundred minutes. That's actually one hundred thirty-five minutes. This one, yeah, it was feeling a little long. It, it feels long the first time. The second time, dude, it does not really? feel its length. It feels okay. like the shortest Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Really, yeah. I thought it felt pretty long the second time. Oh, really, dude? Yeah. I felt, I felt like it even, went even right wearing by. those dark ass glasses. Yeah. Really, I need to go see it again. I mean, I don't want to discourage anyone from seeing it. I think if you know if you're a Star Wars fan, you should definitely go see. Oh, it. if you're oh. a Star Wars fan and don't go see this, go fuck yourself. Well, here's Seriously, the deal. if Come you're on. a Star Wars fan, you've already fucking seen it. So <laughs> let's just be honest. I, don't know. I, I know a lot of oh. Star Wars fans that didn't go. Yeah, well, dude, it this is a had, holiday weekend. It had half. Uh, its opening day was half of the opening day for what, Rogue what One. What was the? I, I meant to look at the numbers. What was the number? Uh, well, we only know what Friday is because we're you know recording this. We don't have the whole full weekend numbers yeah. yet. But Friday was uh, 35 million. So Rogue One had I think 75, 77 million opening day. Holy shit! Really? So that's a yeah, that's a big difference. But this is a four day weekend, so hopefully this will bring it out. I mean, you're losing 50 percent. You know. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird to think that, that a movie that's not with. But the there's characters. also but, there's more competition at the box office. You got Deadpool two out. You still got Avengers cleaning up. And on top of that, people were not very excited about the Last Jedi. Right. The, the Last Jedi was not like really as well received among the fans as Force Awakens was. So like Force Awakens was a new one. Everybody got really excited about it. Fans embraced it, and everybody really liked Rogue One and was really excited to yeah. go see that. Another thing, I mean, I'm just talking to some people that, you know, I work with or am friends with online, comparing it with Rogue One. Rogue One to them was an interesting story that they, they'd heard about it, but they didn't know anything about it. This is based off of things that happened in a character's past, but we already know what happens to the characters. Wait, that's not fair. You know the same amount of details. About- no, you don't, because you don't know who these people are that are going to go make the mission on Rogue One. But you one. know what the mission is, and you know the outcome right, of it. Right, but you, you don't, don't know what the Kessel Run is. Hold on, I'm just telling you what these people told me. But you don't know who these people that go on the mission is. You don't know whether they live or not. All you know is that some people went and did this, they stole some plans. You don't know how they did it. But Han Solo, you know what happens to him later. The stakes aren't as high as what you're saying. As far as like it's not expectation a, I, to of the, them, it's not as much of a mystery. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you, well, you, you know he's going to make it through. You know, Lando's well, both movies live. have the same problem. You, you know, everybody in Rogue One's going to die. I don't think a lot of people knew that. Okay, I'm sorry they didn't know that, but <laughs> it's kind of like watching Titanic and not knowing that exactly. Wait, it, the fucking ship sinks. 
you hear somebody in the theater like, oh my god, really? <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. They're like calling on their like Nobody big brick phone. Them. Like they get that giant white like cell phone. Oh my god, Tommy, did you know that the Titanic sinks? <laughs> Han Solo's gonna think, live. Guys, think, the British didn't win Dunkirk. Who fucking knew? I also think what they're saying though is Rogue One I'm 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 assuming on this. They didn't actually say it, but it's the, the assumption I got from what they were saying. Rogue One is a story about something that happened. A solo movie is a story about a character we already know. Yeah. We've already seen stuff that's see happened that. to him. We fell in love with him after he became like a good guy and he wasn't a criminal anymore. I don't think they were as interested in finding out what happened to him before that. Well, these are the things that make him who the person that we know. These yeah, are the things that set that up. Yeah, so. I will I will agree with that though. Like yeah. I think Lawrence Kasdan, that was his the biggest thing I think he missed the mark on or it, whatever the Kasdan's in the script. They they kind of made Han Solo in this film a, a little too good from the get-go. Th- th- yeah, that's that's my biggest problem with it. And yeah. I, is that is that spoilery? Because no, I, that's not. I don't. Okay. Think well, I think you can see it in the trailer. Well, this, here's the deal. The, the thing that we see, what's the number one thing that, that Han, so- Han Solo in the original films is known as a scoundrel. That's right. In this film, he's instantly like, I've got to get money. I've got to get a ship and go save my girl. That's not Han Solo. That's not. It, it doesn't. It takes Han Solo. It, like, it he's, almost. He's not. He, he's Han Solo. Supposed to be a rogue. He's after himself. He's like. Fuck it you. almost takes away from his character arc in the first Star Wars movie, where you meet him. He could care less about yeah, these he's people. Kinda, he kind of plays the whole and thing. And then like, at the end, when he comes back and he like saves them, which you're is like, a big deal. Yes, he he cares about these people. He changed, and right. now it's like, no, he didn't change. He's always just been good. So so it what what means that if they're gonna do. I feel like I'm getting a spoiler. If they're going to get to do a second one, he's got to be more like curmudgeoned and, and some shit's got to, he's got to have a dark moment. I think he needs to get more to into get that into DTA that. area. Like, you know, it's, it's like, he, he's not Han Solo in this. He, he's too happy-go-lucky. He's too... He's, he's, he's the young version of Han Solo at the end of Return of the Jedi, not the young version at the beginning of A New Hope. I'm thinking that there's like five to ten years in between A New Hope and this, then that's going to leave them a gap to make one in the middle, at least one tie that together i mean yeah they got to have a little bit of a gap because i mean obviously in this movie he's in his <laughs> 20s and in a new hope he looks like he's the actor's 28 so he's like 27 28 so like he's kind of right right where he should be i think uh, i think that uh <laughs> oh my god harrison not ford, new guy. not not new guy <laughs> uh harrison ford uh oh my was, was was like We're what, not doing that was like 35 ish well i mean yeah but he he looks yeah 30. he looks in his 30s yeah in Star Wars. How old and he, was he that old when he made Star Wars? Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. He yeah. was in his 30s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford like had a whole other life before he became an actor. Yeah. He was like carpenter. <laughs> he was a carpenter and yeah. a janitor and all kinds of shit. Yeah. <laughs> he had all this other random yeah. jobs that he did. And Man, you're talking about one of the craziest careers in Hollywood that guy had. Um, yeah, I think we definitely need to go into spoilers. Um, Can we watch the trailer? Yes. All right, guys. <laughs> Here's the trailer you for Solo. To We're going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, three, two, one, play. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. 
I'm a driver, and I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. give you some advice. Assume everyone will betray you and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it! Welcome back. Welcome back. That was the trailer for Solo. <laughs> a Star Wars story. That was a great trailer. I love cutting to the little, like, snap beats, you know. It's kind of had some nice build to it. Yeah. I guarantee you that when they got done with it, Ron Howard was like, yes. That was really sexy. You made my movie like, look really good. He's like, no, I got fucking goosebumps on my arm and shit. I did. When I watched it earlier today by myself, you know, in my, my little screen with headphones on, it was... It's an exciting trailer. Here we are. Solo, a Star Wars story. Movie begins a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, they set that up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they do some other uh, blue credits as yeah. well. Let us know about the... I, 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 this is something I missed the, the first time. The first time, I don't know why, I just immediately thought this was like a slave world. And it is a slave world, but they, they force people to be... Um, Slaves. Well, not slaves, but they force them to be uh, criminals. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you need to do this for me, so you will survive, and I'll, I'll take yeah, care of you. Yeah, it's like you said the other day, the Oliver Twist. Yeah, it's kind of, you know. Um, you can either be a slave or you can be a crook. Right. I don't really like how this movie starts. I don't like how Han Solo is immediately, like, thrown into this world. where He's, he's, he's already thrown into the smuggler ring and right. you know like whatever their version of the mafia is right slug mafia yeah <laughs> weird no okay the worm creature coming out i, I like that lady proximo or yeah, what, yeah, was yeah. That her i name? don't know her name but she was crazy and badass yes no that was a, that was and a great puppet totally i love the lighting in that like this kind of like blue fluorescent and she's sort of like a vampire yeah can't can't be out in daylight she's daylight. a nocturnal, she's a nocturnal messes worm. her up well i like that you know yeah. she's a worm at the bottom of the sea so yeah, yeah. you know that's cool I yeah. Like that, there's a worm in the hole on the bottom of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> and they just show it was like a big ocean world, like you know when they do those full wide shots later. You yeah. get the spaceport and everything, so it looks yeah, good. Yeah, it made it made sense. But I, I didn't like how Han Solo was already in the the smuggling world. Like I, I kind of wanted to see like. Give me an origin story of Han Solo. Yeah. How did he get into the... <laughs> they don't really explain a lot. Yeah, like, he's just, um, he's, like, already in, like, the smuggling world, and he's already doing cons, and he's... Right. 
He's kind of already well, a bad I mean, guy I, in a crook. You can't take it back like Phantom Menace to where he's like 10, but like, you know. Well, I just thought it, to me, it's like the cliche idea of, okay, we know Han Solo's a smuggler and a, you know, crook at the beginning of Star Wars, so obviously he had to grow up real hard. Yeah. And he had, you know, that's the life he knew, but he's he's a good guy at heart. I did find the world building a little confusing, though, in the beginning, how all the kids have to offer, like, peace offerings. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, to Lady no, Proximo, they're just paying their way. If you don't, if you don't like, you know, produce, then you get kicked in the caboose. Yeah, second viewing didn't have a, didn't have an issue with it. But the, how, how was the Saving Private Ryan scenes in the second um, second viewing? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like, the down in the War, bunker, yes. like, you know, wearing the fucking when he meets, <laughs> wearing the helmet that's ridiculous as shit. Like, <laughs> when he meets uh, Woody Harrelson. And, yeah, um, like the, it's a total like, Saving Private Ryan moment. I honestly thought they could have <laughs> cut Newton. that entire thing out of the movie. Dude, I was pissed that they, like, it's Han Solo enlist. Right and we yeah get, yeah You're like what the fuck yeah like he's straight up in the the Galactic yeah, Empire yeah, listen to the Galactic Empire yeah they then, name him and then you get like a, a screen that says three years later we don't get a montage we don't get fucking nope. shit or anything it's just like we don't even see him going through basic training or anything the minute I saw three years I was like okay there goes another TV show or cartoon spinoff <laughs> right. and nobody like even explains what this war is they're fighting it's just like some Imperial well, people uh, Jeremy, are, it's the Star War. <laughs> There's been a bunch of them. You know, <laughs> it's well, we been keep, going on for keep, a while. We keep hearing about there's a rebellion forming. Well, they're trying to stop the Star War. <laughs> it's some planet that got out of line. And the, the Empire's like, oh, no. So instead of sending stormtroopers, they sent these morons? Okay, why were they not in stormtrooper gear? That is... That's one thing I was I wondering. I think this is like an offshoot thing. These are mercenaries side. This no, is, they're very no, clearly it's the wearing... Navy. It's not the Army. <laughs> so they have completely different uh, outfits. Yeah. They showed stormtroopers in the... They, they did, yeah. Yeah, and they also had the, the generals, had yeah. the um, imperial badges, yeah, like those little weird blue I think, and I think they were making the point squares. that this is the Navy, and if you join, like, the infantry, you get the fucking Well, if they, if they were wearing the same outfit... It's not a chance for toys. You have to be able to create toys. So Brian you could have made them green. Okay, you got a point there, Jared. I can't. Uh... You, could, you could make green stormtrooper outfits where they're you know a little bit more protected. Oh, so they just said, that, look, you can use the same mold, just Although, repaint it. You know, looking back, <laughs> looking back at the Star Wars universe, totally the armor that. the stormtroopers wear don't protect them at all. Oh, dude, there's no. Yeah, yeah. You can get shot in the arm as a stormtrooper, <gasps> and you're like fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, we we didn't. Uh, when he enlists in the um, the Empire, he also um, gets a last name because apparently he didn't have his last name before that. He was just Han. You know, I was telling my dad about that because he hadn't seen it yet, and he told me that that's how my grandfather got his name. Did he? He was alone, and somebody said, "Your name is Solo." No, he he went. He was filling out his um, his. Uh, basically, they they. Uh, created the social security number and so he had to go sign up for a social security number and his name was ld like the letters l dot d callen and they didn't stand for anything when he went to fill out his social security card they're like what 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 is l what does ld stand for and they're like he's like that's my name ld and they're they're like well that doesn't you can't use initials it has to be a name and so they named him lester dawn right there on the spot Really? There you yeah. go. So I know several people whose middle name like is just an initial. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really? That's, that's weird. and that's that was so strange to me. Yeah. It's like they actually just just these letters are my name. LD and, and they just think like down here in the south. LD, what are you doing over there? <laughs> 
can't get your ass in there and clean. We're in the Great Depression, well, LD. Well, <laughs> he just never learned how to so fully spell E L E D E. Oh, that would be funny. He spelled it L D. <laughs> they needed you there at the time. L D. But he ended up. Being, and the funny thing is, uh, the, my uh, uncle's name is Lester Don. The second, but you know, still named after nothing. You just kind of <laughs> like the you know the Social Security office named my grandfather. I and know, but just, yeah. just like I, ju- I just didn't need that though in this movie though. It, it felt very hokey. He's like, "What's what's your last name?" He's like, "I don't have a last name." Well, you're by yourself, so I guess Johan Solo. Am I right? Am I fucking right? <laughs> I, just, I didn't need that. <laughs> Maybe they could have taken the joke just a little bit further and having to go Han single and then Han go. How about Solo? How about yeah? I mean, all right, Solo single. No, I don't like that. Guys. There's a whole like three minute where they're like going through like market shit. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, like how about how about like, Han one? You cut to a guy, another guy like. Honestly, you could have done you that same scene and just done it a little bit more subtle. We need to and have the guy that. say like, "What's your what's your name?" And he goes, "Han." And what's your last name? Have Han just kind of look around and go, "I'm Solo." Nobody would have caught it, but unless you're paying attention. If you're an animator out there, please animate that scene for us. Do you, Do you think that was a joke from the uh, the Lord and Miller script? They didn't get. Or not the script, but they're in their contract. They're like, "Look, we'll fucking leave, but this scene has to stay." Well, yeah, but do, do you think that was a scene that they were trying to play? You know, because they, they do kind of like meta humor and poke fun at right. at conventions and things, especially like I'm thinking of the like Lego Movie, especially. I, I, it just feels like so. What what if this this is a great moment for him to be able to get his name? I think it, it was like it felt like that thrown in. Like this is how we can explain. I don't even think we we didn't even need to get an explanation on where the name comes from. I think that weakened it. Oh no! It's it's th- this is totally uh, you know Princess Leia flying through space from like Last Jedi. <laughs> it's, it's the scene in the movie where it's Super like Leia. yeah, it's it's very very early in the film, and you're just like oh, this is kind of taking me out of the movie, but it's quick and it's easily forgivable. Uh, yeah, I got that uh, feeling. Yeah, I think you can kind of hear a lot of the audience. <laughs> get it in, in in the movie there. Well, I will say that uh, I got thrown off. Imme- I know we've gone past this, but the, there's a car chase scene at the beginning of this film that is so derivative and it is very standard feeling, but I think that it's it's a nod to American Graffiti. Like well, after he meets the lady Proximo and he, he's yeah. got the speeder? He got this, there's a whole speeder chase like through a city, it's okay. like a standard uh, yeah, car yeah. chase. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. So th- there, there are moments that, that take you out of it, and it, and it feels like you got to wait. You got to wait like twenty or thirty minutes. You got to get into it because the show feels like a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> you got to get to the third episode to really get in there. <laughs> Do you really feel like a what? What? That's yeah, it does harsh. feel it, like it, a very it, high budget made-for-TV movie. Times like like that car chase. That's thing. harsh, guys. That's harsh. It does not feel like made for TV. This has got or some made good special streaming. Yeah. Maybe it's better. <laughs> oh, no, no like, like, like the come new on. Come out. No, yeah. I mean, come on. look, the space octopus. I mean, that's you wouldn't see that in made for TV. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Stranger Things. It looks like a lot like a Demogorgon to me. <laughs> the second season Demogorgon. I you was, was going to be nice and not mention the space octopus. <laughs> I like to. I like, I like no, no, that I, Cthulhu no, no, made no, no, a cameo not, in the film. I'm not saying that weakens it. I'm just saying that it maybe TV's gotten so good. <laughs> No, I, mean, I think I think it's a perfect meet in the middle. I think it's a good analogy, right? I, it, I, it's, it's well, more, I think it's, it's more, because of what the movie is. It makes you think of TV because it's like you know, it's like oh, it's, more, it's a it's Star more, Wars story. It's more popcorn movie than film. I would say that Rogue One feels more filmy than this. I would agree. 
He's I, not. Uh, he's going to no, fight on that. No, <laughs> I, no, I would agree with that. I would you know, agree so with that. Like I said, this feels more like a, it, that's what I'm saying. So it feels more like a really big budget TV movie. Like a good Netflix series yeah, that you yeah, just yeah. been watched and watched the whole series. But I would say the reason for that, though, is because it's missing a lot of the Star Wars elements. I mean, this is actually the first Star Wars movie where we're getting where we don't have lightsabers. Where we there's don't one, have there's one lightsaber and it's thrown in, and I don't I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> a second, but there's it's missing a lot of those Star Wars things. I mean, this is just regular people in the universe. There's nobody here with like special powers. Like even Rogue One had the the Donnie uh, Donnie Yen oh, the, the guy, blind guy, yeah, yeah, which is super badass. Yeah, right. And but it the was cool missing thing, all that mystical stuff. The cool thing that in this movie does uh, it, it's cool that we got a heist film. Yeah, it's totally it's totally a cool ride. Heist film, but uh, this when something's uh, innately like Star Wars happens, they get like quick little music cues. Like you know, like they'll, they'll oh, throw yes. they'll throw in. It's like ah ah. They pointed like ah. You see what we did there? Yes, uh, <laughs> that was Star Wars. <laughs> when we close the show. We'll definitely play uh, my favorite track, which is just John, uh, John Powell who did the music. It's just him going through like. A greatest themes. hits, yeah, of oh, the themes. Cool. It's it's when the the Falcon um, runs runs across the uh, Star Destroyer when they're uh, doing the Kessel any, Run. Anytime yeah. he does something that like affects later in the movies, you get that little. Hey. hey! Oh, hey! Here's a, here's <laughs> a sound reminder of what this affects oh, later. By the way, we're in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I, originally I didn't like them using the 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 asteroid field music bum, when he was bum, doing the da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah exactly i did not like them doing that the first time i saw the movie but it i like it now it it, it grows on me the, the first time it just made me think of a better movie <sighs> i mean there were tie fighters man good. they made the sound it was there but, I, heard it the, uh, I heard it in the theater again yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna it's not as impactful in this movie and i'm you know what I, guys to be honest with you i'm not 100 percent sure why because, maybe it's just the characters because well, th- in empire it's like they're in trouble. And well, you, there's, there's you, a buildup. Well, they're in, tr- by the they're time in that we trouble see in this movie. You know, but, that, they kind of appear like, oh shit, there they are. Oh, there's it, the Tie Fighters. There's no tension to it. It just, yeah. oh, okay. They're, no, okay, I disagree because they're getting their uh, what is it, the coaxium or coaxium? Yeah, yeah. So did you think Han was gonna die? No, no, he's not gonna die. Okay, you know, all right, he's on the Kelsic run, Kelso run, whatever it is. Well, <laughs> just just because I know somebody's not gonna die doesn't mean Kessel it's not run. suspenseful. Like I know, I mean, I can get suspenseful. I know the Titanic's going to sink, but I was still on the edge of my seat during the Titanic. Titanic sinks. <laughs> yeah, no, I still, I still, I still found it, you know, enjoyable. I, there are other characters that I do care about in this movie outside of Han and Chewie, and I will say, like, I some, didn't, I didn't think it, I didn't think it built tension very well. Oh, really? You don't think it built tension that, uh, very no, well? I, I, I thought that was one that. of the things the movie lacked was. It was trying to move through these these set pieces and these action moments so quickly that it did not give itself time to build up to these moments. It's like, oh crap! Just like in Last Jedi, the you know throne room battle scene. Yeah, the throne room battle scene in this one, I had tension in that. I was on the edge of my seat during the Paul Bettany like battle. I would say that the definite like you know middle third of the film, all the way up to the wrap up, is fucking. It, it it gets it gets a pace once we get past all the fan serving I just, stuff. I just never felt any like real building tension. I mean, granted, it's not the best, but I mean, I, I, mean, I felt the energy, I felt the the excitement, but I never like when you're watching Empire Strikes Back and they're trying to get away from that Star Destroyer. They're they have no no option. Han does the one thing that is going to get them killed is to fly into an asteroid field. 
now you're you're following you know this character they're they're pinned against a rock in a hard place literally you have that time that builds up that tension oh you're saying that you're saying that this moves too quickly because you're yeah. right because basically by the time that we uh, get into I mean, this thing. Then we run across this like squid creature. Just, that oh, oh, buddy, oh, there's the empire. Exactly. You know, like you know, it's like fuck every corner. There, there's so, something new. So I mean, just think about if you had a little bit more time to set up. Like this tunnel is the only way in. What happens if you fly in there? Nobody knows. Nobody ever comes out of it. And there's you know definite time to feel the tension of this tunnel. And then they're trying to escape before this shit blows up. And there's this fucking thing there. And you spend a little bit more time building that. Con- confrontation before flying into that, I think you would have more tension in there. But instead, it's like, hey, there's some TIE flighters. 145 to 150 minutes instead of 135 is kind of what we're getting at. More. But I still think you could cut out stuff at the beginning <laughs> and get to that sooner. Uh, character question. I, I didn't think about this until you brought up the asteroid field. In the original Star Wars trilogy, right. sometimes Han's ideas work. Sometimes he's able to get them out of bad situations, and sometimes he doesn't, and things, you know, fail. Did y'all feel that the younger Han was a little bit too much? I got this. Well, just like how he can well, sit he's down. Younger. No, but he can he can just sit down at the card game and just kick ass, you know, like. Well, uh, I, I take it that he, he's played that card game before, well, I mean, and he even was hustling from the, now. Right. You yeah. know, even from, the, like, the opening car sequence where he's just, like, he's the perfect driver. Oh, and see, and the, the funny uh, thing is, is like, you know, you're right, because in, uh, in uh, don't get so cocky, kid, when he's talking to Luke, like, in the, in you know, New Hope. Yeah. Okay, so in this one, like, he's fucking cocky. He's a boy. You got your pilot right here, bitch. You know, he's, he's like, he's And you he's think on about how many times, it. like, in, <laughs> but in the original. kid, though. He's supposed to be that way, right? Yeah. You think yeah. about how many times in the original trilogy Han went to do something, and then he was like, Oh, and then he has to turn around and run because there's stormtroopers chasing him. Or because Han's always got that confidence, but sometimes Han fails in the original trilogy. Well, he fails in this movie too. But in this, it's like Super James Bond, young kid that can do just about anything. No, first time he meets uh, Lando, um, he loses the card game. He does. Uh, when he wins the Falcon back well, at the end of the movie, like he won the card game, but Lando cheated. Exactly. Like a pitch. Yeah, but he didn't know that. There's not those you know? comical yeah. moments where, like, well, th- there's a moment in in the first one where he pulls the gun out and like, he turns around and there's like 50 stormtroopers coming at him. He's like, oh shit! And he's like, or run, a run, perfect run, run, example run, run. of like he's going to call down and radio down to the they're in that they're up there saving Princess Leia and yeah. he's going to call and make it okay. Uh, and everything's then, fine up here. Uh, yeah, yeah, he just gets fine. he gets you know he gets nervous and he's just like ah and shoots it like but, that's Han Solo. But he does that in this movie though. Like there's that moment where Empress um, Nest she comes up and and. She's going to, like, uh, take their coaxium from them or whatever that crap is called, the hyperfuel. Hyperfuel. Yeah, and Han Solo, like, comes out, and he's just like, you see the Millennium Falcon down there? There are a bunch of guys oh, yeah, down there right. that are armed. There's 30. And, the, gonna... and the Falcon takes off, and he's like, all right, uh, never mind. Uh, Woody Harrelson, you can you got it from there. He's like, he's like you're up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that was there, a good there, moment. Yeah. There, that was there, a great there, moment. There, there's some moments in there, too, where, like, he just. But, but that, that's also really leaning on Lando. You cannot trust fucking Lando. Lando's like. Yeah, this bitch. Peace. And Lando has great like attire in this movie, guys. 
I thought Lando was great. No, no, he, he's he's rocking the capes. There's an awesome like kind of like lovey scene in, in the cape room. He, oh, he's yeah. got a cape closet on the Millennium Falcon. You know that was uh, something George Lucas added to the film. Uh, the only thing that I know uh, that he added that Ron Howard uh, said, I think, a um, Variety article. They're they're talking and she's trying on. She's like, well, I had to try one on. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she, she's getting ready to put a cape a cape up, and Han Solo just takes it from her and throws it down. <laughs> Fuck this. Guy. I, that was. George Lucas' suggestion. He's like, no, look, Han Solo would not let her hang that, hang a K up. Back yeah, yeah. He'd just throw it on the ground. Because he's a scoundrel. Actually, it's so badass. I can, I can see that. Yeah, like later, later on, there's like a fire and like somebody like grabs a cape and like tries to put it. Out. He's like, no, 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 that's a limited edition one. <laughs> you don't understand. It was made with special fibers. <laughs> yes, no, no, that, that is good. Yeah, he's he nails his character, man. Like he really does. He's got, he's got that '70s swagger. Oh, um, and he's got uh, his co-pilots, a, um, L3. L3. The robot. Yeah, the, well, the... the um, <laughs> who wants equal the, the, the woke robot. I didn't like her. She, she's very woke. She's, like, very... Yeah, she's, she's, look, she's, she's looking up for he, her equal rights, yeah, man. Yeah, man, she's you like, know? you know, she she's, like, she's like, once you pop, you just can't stop. You know that, that saying? Once you take one restraining bolt off, they all got to go off. She's like, I didn't realize how good this would feel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that she accidentally causes a robot revolution. He's like, you wouldn't believe what I'm seeing. And it's like <laughs> a mass exodus of robots or, like, you know, a bunch of fleeing robots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forget that planet that they're, they're yeah. on. Like something was it like Severin or Seven or I, something like that? I don't know, but but, but yeah, she she played there. Disney's doing a thing about making the 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 robots have always had personalities, but even with BB-8 making that cute fuzzy kind of feeling of of, yes. of the, and then we moved to K2SO, you know, with the the, the smart quips, which is actually has really nice comedy. Yeah, and then this one's taking it. It's it's, it's, it's on the edge of being. A little too over the top, but it was still solid. It's 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 where the a lot of the comic relief was coming yeah, from. I didn't like her at all. It's, you, you it's didn't too like much. It? No, I I thought too snarky. Twice I saw the movie and I thought a lot of her jokes just kind of fell flat. It doesn't stand out stronger than the moment when she shouts out, "Was it revolution or what's the word she shouts out? It's something like this is a rebellion, rebellion or, or something yeah. like that." And the the audience is just dead silent. <laughs> I do like it when she's like, I'm so glad we took this job. Oh, yeah, that's so great, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because she she didn't mean to start that robot revolution there. She just wanted to get access to the terminal. Yeah, I thought her jokes fell very flat. It's interesting how, and I don't know if it's just because Anakin created created C-3PO. That's right, you know, if you you think of it in that that point. Because if you look at the personality of... K2SO and the robot in this one, they're way more evolved because it seems like there's the, oh, oh my, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. And then even like in the beginning of this sarcasm and wet. Well, yeah, but even, but they don't, they're still not like, they're not as woke, you know, they're not like, you know, they're, they're more protocol, protocol driven. This one, you know, like, like the, it seems like their, their personalities are evolving more. They have way more. They're anthropomorphized more. People, <laughs> right? But like, but the, so I don't understand. They are like, enterprise more. Yeah, yeah. So, but like in this one, there, there's a, a, a right during the uh, the car chase scene, the our land speeder chase scene. They uh, one of the a crossing guard droid that's a lot like a uh, like a three PO unit. Yeah, kind of gets like ran over, but it's like oh oh oh, and it gets out there. So it's like weird that there's some some even as smart as R two D two and C three PO, they don't have as big personalities as even BB eight or you know K two S O and then L L three L four L six. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do. We just don't get to see them because we, we're just seeing them in their work environment. <laughs> because if you saw three C three PO in his work environment, you know he'd be. Oh, you know, he, yeah. you know, you get him home in a hot oil bath <laughs> <laughs> with a nice like you know red red wine. Thank like, the ooh, maker. Thank the maker. I haven't had a Bordeaux in <laughs> star date three eight four point two. It's so weird to think that when he's saying thank the maker, he's thanking Darth Vader. Thank the. Vader. Vader. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I, I I guess we 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 have definitely talked long enough before we can now get to the uh, this the cameo in the film. Bum bum bum. It's Darth yeah. Maul. It's Maul. No, no, Darth. Uh, okay, no, guys, this really confused all of us when we, like, I was Vincent and I were, like, confusing our timelines of, like, when yeah, the I, fuck did this movie take place? Yeah. You had to set us straight on that once. Yeah, I still confused on I that. I knew that he was living in the Rebels, and I I knew this had to take place after 3 no, and before 4. It was all blowing our mind, because, like, how old is Obi-Wan Kenobi at the time? And then the way, how old is how old is uh, Han Solo supposed to be right <laughs> last, now? Last then, time like, we saw Darth Maul, he was cut in half in episode one. <laughs> and now he's got like spider legs, like from fucking like, uh, like, uh, uh Wild Wild West. No, I would, I mean, no, 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 no. They're, they're robo legs. He's got two legs. What I'm saying is he, he yes. that guy got cut in half and got like robo legs. The same thing happens with Darth Maul, apparently. Uh, yeah, I remembered hearing that he was alive. Because I remember Shelton, legs. Shelton was telling me that he survived and he was in the Rebels series, but I think it's a mistake putting him in this, just because if you haven't watched Rebels or read the comic books, then... No, well, here's the, here's the big oh, point. totally confused. No. I was confused. My the, son was confused. I, I really think that you can have a damn Star Wars movie without having to have that aspect of the, of the Darths in there, but... Because you made a great point earlier, off mic, about how uh, Han Solo makes a good point about, I've been all across the galaxy and I've never seen, you know, oh, yeah. religions and all that. Exactly. But the way they're setting it up, he's going to have to run across. He doesn't have to run across if he never sees that girl again. They're to- I, no, they're, at, the, they're at the end of the movie, they are kind of totally. To, like, yeah. the, the, she's, look, man, she's leaning. To, she's dark side now. You know, she's gone dark side. And, and so she's going to like. They're going to run into each other again. They yeah, he, I don't I mean I can see easily him going on to deal with the huts and no, it looks like Kara her, is going to be the apprentice to Darth Maul. Yeah, and I could I could totally see their story running into Obi Wan Kenobi. So without, he just he, he just hears you know hearsay. Oh, you know Kara was been killed by maybe, but of course like Darth Maul was killed by Obi Wan Kenobi apparently on the Star Wars Rebels. I mean, dude, this is crazy. This is the first time that Star Wars has acknowledged a character that has died in a film. All right. And it's, it's been brought. Current. <laughs> yeah. And been, been brought back on, on a TV show and then reintroduced in a movie because of that TV show. Yeah. And you'd, you'd have to watch that TV show because if you didn't like us, you're fucking flabbergasted when you say you're like, what? I mean, like Boris Whitaker's character from Rogue One. He was in um, Star Wars Rebels, wasn't he? Was he? I haven't seen it yet. So I don't I, know. I, he was in, he was in he was in Rebels or Close uh, or the Clone Wars. Did they explain why he has to drink like like breathe through an oxygen mask? Like, oh, let, let me get, I don't let me, know. Can I, I get some more drug. Look, I, I have not oh, seen either one of those that. shows. I, I watched four Darth Maul episodes of Rebels, but right before the podcast, because just because I wanted to, I wanted to get familiar with like how Darth Maul survived. Because that's that's why I was confused. I was like, wait a minute, he got cut in half. Do they explain it? Like he rolls. No, out, not like, really. Check out my new legs, bitch. Yeah, he like somehow survived. He got he got 
he got cut in half though and then they, everybody keeps saying he's got robot legs but he got cut in half like his intestines like half of well, his intestines get, his well, dick unlike, and his and unlike, his legs and his feet are down there unlike the first arm that gets cut off in Star Wars there's blood but after that you know it cauterizes the wound so like if you know you cut in half with a with a lightsaber, it's gonna sear everything nicely and make you a nice scab there. So he can yeah, technically get you only stuck need, onto. You don't need your bladder. You know, you don't need your bladder or your liver or fuck your half dick. a stomach. Yeah, you know that's why he's so angry. <laughs> he can never get laid. Yeah, because you know, you know, he had like a dick with huge <laughs> horns on either side of it, like at the top of his head. <laughs> like it's kind of like horned for her pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was red and, and black stripes. Yeah, he's got red and black stripes. Yeah, it looks very angry. <laughs> he, he's like, I love. My horny dick. Oh, it brings a whole new meaning to "I'm horny, baby." <laughs> oh my gosh, that's uh, why. That's why his new lightsaber has that one horn, like uh, like hilt on it, because he's like, it's in remembrance of his lost dick. Oh my god! If you just didn't give someone the best idea for a Star Wars Porto spinoff, <laughs> I hope they do. Just give us credit, please. Yeah, you know, just just give, give us thanks. A Star Wars <laughs> Porto story. I've found this really confusing first viewing. I just, um, I didn't get it. I, I did have to go back and well, do some research. You know that there was a Darth Maul fan film that came out last year or the year before that kind of got some buzz on the internet. So yeah. I'm sure the Disney was like, you know what we got to do? We got to throw Darth Maul in this bitch. He's good for marketing. Yeah. You yeah. know, like he's got, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Lucas, you had a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's underused. Yeah. I'm with you. But I mean, it makes sense. But if you haven't seen the cartoons, you will be. Just completely taken back. Like, holy shit. Yeah. To, to quote my son, I don't have time to invest in a cartoon just to know <laughs> what happens in a movie. Your son is very woke as well. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I kind of have to agree woke? with him, though. It means you're aware of, of, of uh, you know, if you're, if you're for, like, current hashtag me too and all that just being aware you know because uh, i'm wrestling it's a because it means like, I'm, like I'm, when you are woke you're just, it's a character and he's woke and, and he's crazy as shit. oh no no it's not it's not crazy <laughs> this is like, like you're open to you're to, to to public issues you know like you know i'm, I'm woke i know like the, the robot the robot in <laughs> this film in this wish. film was woke because she was open to you know to the for her people to to get uh, because she even tells Lando she's like how about civil rights you know what is it? can I get you anything how about equal rights how about equal rights yeah so yeah so she's asking for equal rights so she's she's woke well you know the first time I did find that I I, I did find that a little in poor taste that a robot is asking a black man everything has to have an agenda like in in the but previous you know film in the in the, pre, in the previous Star Wars film like you know with with, with, I didn't with releasing the second time. with releasing the animal. You know, she's like, didn't bother me. You know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Where they, where they go and they like the kangaroo thing. Yeah, that yeah, they yeah, escape yeah, on. Yeah. There's that whole moment where like, oh my God, we got to save the animals. And then the whole veganism thing that got pushed because of Chewie going vegan. All Star Wars films got to be woke now. But see, I, was, I, would, I would say that's the opposite of woke. <laughs> you know, having a robot, a fictitious, you know, creation that does not exist. Tell a black man. Well, in, in that, I, why don't you go get me my equal rights? Well, because that's they're, not woke. They're, they're the ones that know. That's not uh, no, say, no. The the robot well, you're is assuming woke. that black men were slaves in this. That's galaxy. what I'm saying. Yeah, these are the slaves in this galaxy. So you're yeah. So and the robot is woke. Because well, no, she's I'm assuming that I want. I'm assuming that Disney knows the audience <laughs> that they're marketing the movie toward. But yet again, in this world, like if you just think about it, in this world, the the, the ones that are the servants are, are the robots, and they're treated the, the droids. 
And, you know, so you got to be woke enough to understand that, you know, that's not right. We need equal rights. And hence why I don't, you know, a second viewing didn't really have a problem with it. But at, at first, first viewing, it is like, hmm. well, you knew it was coming. So it's like the first time it's a shock. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Especially considering, you know, you can tell L3 is obviously voiced by a white female. Right. It's just like, oh, that is really loaded. A white female telling a black man, I want my equal rights. It, I don't even know what to say about that. Well, you that. know, if, if you don't try to think overthink it, it does roll pretty quickly. And it's it's a funny, like, whoa. You know, like, yeah, if you don't overthink snap, it, yeah. You know, and just, and just move on. No, it is. It is good. The, you know, the, the one thing I didn't like about the L3 storyline was that, you know, they were they're going with the equal rights thing. And then she ends up inside... The Millennium Falcon, her brain is... She gets integrated. That's why it has such amazing navigation. That's why the Millennium Falcon is the best but, spaceship ever. But I, I, I really... you know, I didn't like it, but that's what they were doing. Yeah, I, I understand what they were doing, but like, I really hate that because like now, like every time I see the, the Falcon, it's like a prison for this android that wanted... Or so it's, this like, it's like a Black Mirror episode. That wanted, She's inside there screaming. Exactly. <laughs> Let me out. Let I me want freedom. Fuck, and, I want freedom. Wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, I didn't now even she, think about that. Now she's just trapped inside the Falcon. She can't go anywhere now. Oh, man. You know, it's it's really sad and fucked up. It's heartbreaking. Especially dude. especially think about like when it was like put in the junkyard for all those years and just sitting yeah. out there. So she's just floating around in there. Or, she, you know, <laughs> yeah. like on low level power where she can't even really like and, move her uh, ones and zeros and around. And fucking Lando is no longer there. And they, they even made like uh, some kind of weird uh, robot humanoid yeah. relationship may happen there. And they took his like. Where Kara starts like talking to her about it. Right. And, she's and, even like, how does that work? <laughs> And at the point where it's like it's in hibernation, they take his like cape closet and make it like the janitorial closet. She can't. It's just full of like mops and shit, <laughs> leftover floor panels. Like I like the idea of the L three. I like the idea of the message. It it would have been funny that you know I don't like her being trapped in the Millennium Falcon. Well, for, if, you, if you gave her like a voice, like like you're on Star Trek, you're like computer. Exactly. You, know, you say L three. Can you find me? And she's like right away, sir. Or like Jarvis in the in the Marvel films. Like yeah. you know you have you have Tony Stark come in and you you got L. So, so you imagine, on. you imagine going back and like, uh, like, okay, so Lucas revisits the original trilogy again. Okay. And they okay, go in stop, and they, they stop, add a stop, full like stop. L3, like audio track and they overdub like all the, I have a bad feeling about right. this. You know, Han Solo, I don't have, a <laughs> I don't have a bad feeling about this solo. We're going to make a right turn right here. Have you found out if I can be excommunicated from the computer? <laughs> Could you put me in my own droid? Or, or in one way, I mean, she escaped death. Uh, yeah, I mean, technically, yeah. Her, her consciousness yeah. will go on. My heart will go on. Imagine that song playing as it, the Millennium Falcon to be, flies. To, to be a prisoner for all eternity. I don't know. I don't know. I think I would rather have death. I don't know. Until the ship blows up. Right, Whenever that's going to happen. Because yeah. you know what's going to happen eventually. You know they're going to make a Star Wars movie where the Millennium Falcon is eventually going to blow up. Which is like every Star Trek movie. The Enterprise has to <laughs> has to blow up. and The Falcon is not the fucking Enterprise, right? <laughs> that, thing is kind of like, that thing's got like fucking dark and spading on it or something. It's <laughs> blown up every fucking yeah, yeah, Star yeah. Trek movie. There's so many fucking Enterprises. God damn, those things go so quick. In this film, it kind of shows that, that the, the Falcon is a certain class of ship because 
Carillion. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, because, you know, because he says, oh, I've seen one of these before. My dad used to, you know, work on these or fly these. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, so it's just like it's just like Star uh, Star Trek. You know, there's, that, there's a bunch of, like, Millennium Falcons out there that look like that. It's just for some reason we've only seen this one. You know, I, I, that, that was one part of the origin story that I actually did like was watching how, because the ship in this movie, in the beginning, it looks different. It does not look like the Millennium Falcon that we know. Right. I liked watching it get torn apart and <laughs> made to look like like there's an escape uh, pod on the front. You know, it, right. it comes off, and then we get to see the the Falcon that we always know. Right. Well, they not they knock the dish off, which happens a lot. <laughs> yes. For some reason, they put a round one on again. Uh, you know, uh, I guess they do in the next one because that's what it has in the New Hope. But yeah, then, but, then, but it's like on a like uh, it's got like some kind of antenna on it where it's like it, yeah, it, it, and it instead, instead, of be, instead of being forward facing, it's kind of flattened up. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of like and all that. So yeah, then, then, then I guess it makes sense. It was it was possibly more. Uh, like advanced, and then they end up like having to just replace it with the one that they end up putting on, or the reflector dish, and then they replace that with the kind of rectangle one in Force Awakens. I do like the fact that like the back panels uh, near those uh, with the six exhaust ports here in the back, when those blow off, yeah, and it's like that's the way the Falcon looks <laughs> from now on forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, Han Solo never repaired that. Yeah. And it, there's even a moment where I think there's like a tentacle from the, the space octopus that like grabs the ship. Yeah. And when it, it hits it, there's a, a compartment door that breaks open that constantly is an empire. Keeps fa- it keeps falling over. Like, it hits like Princess Leia in the head. You remember that? Yeah. That yeah, trapdoor yeah, yeah. She's got to keep. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a lot of the, those callbacks for the ship. I did like those. No, that's cool, man. That yeah. shows like nice attention to detail. Yeah, those were cool. Now the solo name and you know well, how so he got the gun. That, those are more obvious. That's you know that's just more like you know peripheral, like in you know just around things. Uh, all right, uh, how do you, what did you guys uh, think of the the final wrap up, the reveal, Woody Harrelson's character Is betraying Han? He's like, bitch, I told you, you can't trust nobody. I saw it coming the whole time. It's in the trailer. <laughs> I say it in the trailer. Did, did you really see it coming the whole time? Yeah. Why else would he keep telling him, don't trust people? Look, man, don't you trust just anybody. cannot trust anybody. Anytime a character says DTA, don't trust that motherfucker. Man, when we were talking about this after the theater, I wanted to tell you guys, but I, was, I was holding it for this podcast. Dude, I thought Lando was going to come through the door. That's who I thought was going to Oh, come you know, through. actually, my, my thought was there, too. I thought Lando was coming through the door, too. I did I not did think too. it was going to be worth it. Because Woody, Woody Harrelson, like, his character, like... Becca's just straight up like, it up. Yeah. yeah, he's like, look, guys, I'm out. You guys go Man, die. I I'll, I'll, I saw every beat that happened after, like, from the moment he went. Really? Um, yeah, I saw everything. Even he, after the job, job ex- of the hunt reference? Every, everything up into Darth Maul. I I knew exactly how it was going to go. Man, I, dude, the, I was totally thinking Lando. Yeah, like, I when, when he's just staring and goes, job of the hut, I was like, oh, here we go. That's our sequel bait right there. That's sequel bait. And he walked you off. Look over and he's like, son, you see that? That's called secret. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kid, look no, at that right there. There were too many. That, re- that right there's Mark Dose. There were too many references left open because um, he had kept telling him, don't trust anybody. So you knew he was going to betray him. They kept telling Han that the guy, her boss, is not the main boss and that there's somebody else. So I knew she would betray her boss for the main boss. Dried in um, Vidos or I don't know, man. I have to watch again to get the names. Yeah, I, can't I, th- I think that, that's what it was. Paul, yeah. Be- Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I can't keep up with Paul all the Bettany names in the best now. role he's done in a while. That guy. Uh, yeah, dude. That was. It, <laughs> I miss, he was I miss Star Wars face. names like Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, you know, like Leia or Leia. They had Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> Han. Han. 
Uh, okay. All right. Point taken. <laughs> I guess it would be weird to like have you know John. I'd like you to meet John Jones. <laughs> but yeah, I, there goes our best pilot, Fred. Now what? I, I was a little confused on the kind of side baddie, the Marauders, uh, when she showed back up and oh yeah, she took her mask off and it was it, super fun. <laughs> super twelve years old, <laughs> no, just, bro. No, like, yeah. <laughs> I honestly um, thought that she was the uh, the first henchman. Well, like when I first saw it, you thought, you thought she was uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, yeah. Well, I was, I was just fixing to say, when we first saw it, like, she takes the mask off Thank and it. she says, you know, my mom used to wear this mask or something. I assumed she meant, like, her mom was that character and now she's taking over the role. She, she's taking over the image, the, yeah. the thing, yeah. But then you made a good point, something, and then I start, started thinking back to the beginning about how... They set up his character and immediately kill her. <laughs> Well, the, like the yeah, his girl, Fanti Newton is like barely yeah, in the film. Like, well, oh my God. She mentions like, are you are you prepared in case the Marauders show up? And Woody Harrelson says, no, they don't know about this. Nobody knows about this. Right. And then but, the the baddie guy, the main bad guy, says, how do they keep getting the one up on you? So that made me think, okay, well maybe she's been. And it's also the the movie thing. Like you set something up at the beginning. But I saw it's when I saw back. it again. Yeah, it's not. It's you not don't her think daughter. it's her? No. I'm telling you, I keep reading people saying the same thing that I've said. I don't know. No, it's not hers, man. I've yeah, it, seen it's, it three it, times. It's, it's definitely not her. not her. No, she clearly says like she looks too much like her. Yeah, Infusness clearly says that, like her mom was killed, and she she wore that helmet just like her in remembrance of her. To take did, on did this we see her mom die? Was she one of the people killed in, during the train heist? No, we don't see her mom die. Like okay. that happened, like a, I guess, like a long time. Ago. Well, I can't keep that long, long, long time, time ago, ago because yeah, that's a backstory, that so they can make you know a cartoon or oh, a so book they can put that in Rebels. Book, right. <laughs> okay, I got you. Yeah, along with the uh, Han Solo uh, Empire years. Yeah, the Han Solo Empire years. Yeah, Han Solo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He'll probably kill her. Goddamn, Donald Glover was great as Lando. <laughs> he was. He was really great. He was a shining spot in the movie. He. Fuck, he was good. But here's the deal. Like, you know, we already I knew a, he was going to be great. I have a Billy D. Williams story, if y'all want to hear it. Oh, please. <laughs> My producer and I were in L.A., mm-hmm. and we got tickets to go to the Oscar screening of Hustle and Flow. Nice. It's really cool. We got to go on the Paramount lot, and, you know, we don't know what we're doing. We show up there, and we're like, oh, this is awesome. So we go in, and we sit down. And about five minutes later, a dude shows up next to me with, a, you know, these two ladies, very pretty ladies. And says, excuse me, sir, can you scoot down and give my ladies a room? And I looked up, and it was Billy D. Williams. So I went, dude, scoot down. We got to make room for Lando. And I shit you not. He goes, white guys, only remember me for Lando. And I, went, <laughs> I No, I also remember you for the Colt 45 commercial. It works every time. <laughs> He's like, oh, great. But hey, he was really cool. Like, like, we talked for a second. He was a really cool dude. That's awesome. And you were also like, oh, wait, wait. You were the first Harvey Dent. Uh, we I did. Mean, we, uh, we did talk about that. We brought that up. He's like, yeah, another thing white people would remember for. <laughs> but yeah, that's my uh, Billy D. Williams story. That's awesome, man. Did you ask him to sign something? No, we watched the Oscar screening of Hustle and Flow. I but I'm like, I'd be like, well, like just halfway like, through the movie, I'd be like, I'd be like, you just slide over your program or something, like. And I'm, you know, taking glances at his girls going, Ooh, God bless. Damn, I need to get some cold for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Billy D, spray me with something you got. 
because it's working. Was he wearing? Was he rocking a badass cape with a high, with a high collar? Oh, dude! If he shows up with a cape, I swear to God, I'd lose oh. my shit. I would lose my shit. I would just bow before him and be like, "You're a god among men, sir." It would have been I'm amazing. Not say, I'm not gonna say it out loud, but like. I think he was. That, that would be amazing. Now that I'm remembering, because he totally, like, don't put this on there, but. No, come on. We got to put this on no, there. No, man. Don't be worried about putting that on there. You listen to this podcast. He ain't listening to this podcast, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't want to misrepresent, but. Hey, well, no, no. In I'm your mind, to... you were like, damn, he fly with the cape on. <laughs> oh, totally. It's like powder blue. Like, it's powder blue I remember cape. he had a hat. I remember he had a hat. Oh, man. Total, like, super fly. When I met Bernie Mac. He was wearing a fucking like long trench coat with a wide brim hat, just like you expect him. He was looking, he was looking like a he badass was, he motherfucker. He was looking you like, were like a badass Bernie Mac motherfucker. You're like, I wish I had a piece of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. if he could have rocked the cape like Lando, <laughs> Bernie Mac would have rocked the cape like Lando. Man, dude, I'm gonna say Donald Glover does rock the cape, bro. No, he, no, no, he, no, no. Does, he does look good in He has the cape. swagger, man. He's like He's got the eyebrows. He's like everything you've heard about me is true. I do. <laughs> Glover was great as Lando. Oh man, yeah. Like he He disappears into the character you know, more you than hear, anybody. You hear people talking about channeling the character. Like Yeah, he got it. He he channeled it. Agreed. Time. You were talking about the Marauders. Uh, the movie Marauders. 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 They're not Marauders. You know, <laughs> they don't work for the for the Red Dawn. Says the Dawn. guy that can't remember oh, a yeah, single right. name from the movie. Red Dawn. You know, then there's a Crimson Dawn. This, but it's like that movie Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Crimson <laughs> Dawn. This is the Crimson Dawn. They really? Oh, we're gonna do Crimson speaking Dawn. Speaking of uh, Crimson Dawn, <laughs> this is what I was wanting to ask you guys. Did y'all oh. get some weird like sex slave innuendos oh, about Kara or Kara? Do we get weird sex slave? What? Oh no, no, she's totally banging uh, Paul Bettany. Like, like, like totally, no, like, no. She says in the movie she she's not. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. They were leaning on that. Like, like did she's they, like, she's like, he's like, you wouldn't believe what this bitch did. She kind of <laughs> yes, very heavy innuendo sex slave type. Your ass got so big when you <laughs> like, said that. Like some fucking like Kara fucked her way to the top. That's what. Yeah, dude, that's it's weird. She just pops back up. And she had been she been floating nah, on the dick of Paul Bettany said for a while. She, that's not what she was doing though. I mean, she, I don't remember it ever with, clearly no. saying. He's no, like, no, because Han 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 says like, are, "Oh, you're with him," and she's like, "No, I'm not with him." But yeah, you wouldn't but believe she, what I've done. No, she doesn't anal. say. I'm like, I'm telling. She you. says but, it like but, she says. She it means like, like killing motherfuckers and like starving no, motherfucking galaxies. She that's says it like Benson. Come I'm not the, the dating him, but the way that the way that he like sits all next up to her and stuff like he he's yeah. They told totally no because it's a, it's the end scene like when she's like getting ready no. to kill him like he he even he was like you wouldn't even believe what. This bitch has done to other people. Throwing that up into Han Solo's face, before like before that, how he like when he's like, you know, he goes and sits next to her. They're, they're like had, connection there. I'm telling you, man. I totally got the sense. I, had, like, I did not I get a too. sexual like like the backstory that was rolling him in my head, and I don't know if y'all caught it or not. Was For, like she fucked her way to the top, and now she, when she got there, now she's be you know doing some other stuff on top of it. Well, okay. The reason I don't get that is because apparently somehow she had worked her way up into the top with uh-huh. that of uh, the space worm with uh, Lady Proximo, like. Somehow she had gotten into good graces because uh, when Han Solo meets her, like he's obviously like he's fucked this deal up at the very beginning of the movie. Right. Lady Proximo, Space Worm, is going to kill Han Solo right then and there or punish him or beat him. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. 
and she steps in and there is a line that's delivered that like, don't fuck your shit up yeah like <laughs> don't don't give away what you gotten just how the movie ends when she like straight up sword fights han solo has a blaster at this in, at the end battle he's but just it, chasing it around the whole time but basically. it's yeah it's it's paul bettany has like two i'm not i'm not denying that she's done some knives. like killing yeah. and some fighting well, no, and some murder but, but he but what i'm but, saying is we've seen her kill people throughout the film we see her have Amazing, incredible skills. I'm saying that on top of that, they, to me, laid some heavy innuendo that she's done some immoral stuff. She's been doing some fucking. That <laughs> she's not proud of and she doesn't want Han to know about. I totally felt that her and Paul Bettany had hooked up. No, I'm telling look, you. You felt no, it too then. I did, and okay. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not. Okay, I will say, here, here's my main reason why. I don't think Paul Bettany sees her as being the equal yet. No, he definitely feels like he's better than everybody. I, I don't ask twice. It's, yeah. You know, it's, that kind of shit. It, powerful men are notorious for, even though they think they're above the lady, still banging the lady. But she's not, she's not of stature. She's from the sewers. You know what I mean? But she's hot. <laughs> Well, I mean, I totally she's, she's hot to you. I don't know if she's I hot in the Star Wars that. universe. I don't know what the I don't know what hot is in the Star Wars universe. I don't know what that is. You know, um, well, like Han, Han seems like to have all, good choices. Yeah, Leia, Leia, fine. And this chick, yeah. So, so Han kind of de- declares what's but, hot. Yeah, he's like they like, hey, Whoa. hey, what's hot right now? But wait, 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 what's that, Han going for? <laughs> <laughs> Look at Han's side piece. Ooh, girl. And Padme was hot too. God, but fucking Natalie Portman just phoned that performance in. I'll never forgive her for that. That was a, the biggest phone-in performance of all time. Well, she had to play it like this, very stern. And she didn't have to until until definitely she, not in that, until she and, became Padme. You know what? In that second film, Anakin, why would she? You do? She's on record of saying that it was really hard because she she would be given no direction and she didn't know what which way to go. Okay, that's fine. But if you're given no direction as an actor, I expect you to do more than that. And she's acting on a green stage. It was blue most of the time. So so blue. was so was Uma McGregor. He was in the same movie she was and he delivered a great performance. He's a badass. Well, he's also con- yeah. he's he's also con- you know copying what the other Obi-Wan did. So he at least has that direction. He's also a really good actor. Yeah, he's also a much better actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, he's really good. I mean, I, I like Natalie I mean, he's Portman, not. He's, I mean, he's, he's not an Academy Award winning actor, but you know, you know, what are we gonna do? What are we? What are we talking Give about? Give him time. Wait, wait for the Obi Wan movie. That's the one he's gonna get the uh, Oscar for. No way, sci fi. <laughs> I do, guys. All right. I how does it stack up? Yeah, I, do, I really don't know how you guys feel about this movie. We've been kind of talking about it, and well, let's give your Elkins rating, and and then talk about where it stacks up in your. Well, you Star know what? Wars. I'm I'm gonna go ahead, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first this time oh. because I always go last, and you know I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna give this movie a solid six. All right, and that's, a six that's respectable. It's a six is low. It's the lowest I've ever given on the show. But guys. I really enjoy this movie. When it's not doing origin story stuff, I'm having a lot of fun. I enjoy this more than Rogue One. I think the things that it gets right, it gets right better than Rogue One. I mean, way the fuck better. I mean, this movie doesn't need Darth Vader to fucking come in with a lightsaber to make me like it. Jiren Erso from Rogue One and all those characters, I don't care about them. I like all of these characters. And yes, Han and Lando are from previous films. And Lando, yeah, maybe Donald Glover is doing a little bit of Billy D. Williams. Yes, he's, no, he's, he's sure, rocking he, it, man. Yeah, he surely is. But dude, he is great. He's great. I'm loving it. 
just imagine if they had taken a, a CGI actor and, and or any actor and just you know CGI'd him up and and put him in in the Lando role. Like how weird would that have looked? You know, like like they did with you know Peter Cushion and Rogue One. Yeah. Not to harp on that. I'm I, you know I I'm, I need to let it go. I'm gonna let it go. It's done. It happened. Yeah, but <laughs> you didn't let it go yet. I look. I, I I'm not even a big fan of Ron Howard. I do not like Ron Howard as a filmmaker. I think he he's, was the safe choice to finish this project. He he was, but I think he's I think he's an extremely boring director. But like you guys said, after we watched the movie, Spielberg would have knocked this one out of the park. Yeah, Spielberg would. And you know, like Ready Player One is an great a great great example of world building. Yeah, like you look at the um, how Han Solo or Solo, a Star Wars story, how how this movie starts with its world building, and then you look at Ready Player One, how that world builds is so much better. Like how much information is communicated to you effortlessly through a couple of shots versus this film with all of its shots through the first ten minutes. It's I, Clunky I car chases. I need three times just to really grasp everything that's going on. One hundred percent. This movie's it's fun. It's it's a really fun adventure film, and um, I may I may overlook a lot of these um, origin story issues. Who's going next? I'll go next so that we can end on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, here we go! Boom, 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 Benson. So I'd give it like you know, kind of a sloppy, soft, wet, kind of liquidy five. Uh. Um, like, like, like a good like, taco fart. Yeah, instead of a, <laughs> instead of a <laughs> solid six, you know, liquidy five. A liquidy five. Um, it's almost all right, solid. Okay, all right, I think it probably suffers a lot from having to switch directors. They're trying to squeeze too many little fan service things in instead of just telling a cool Han Solo story. To me, it never really gets to the point where you, you're feeling those ups and downs and you're into the you know the roller coaster ride with the characters you're just sort of okay now that happened and that happened and okay this is gonna happen now yep that's going on to me it's a you know kind of a squishy little five if it shows up on tv i'd watch it but i'm not gonna go out of my way to see it again you, you wouldn't go out of your way to see this again you're not you're not well, gonna see, see it twice movie. yeah you're, you're, but here's what i was gonna ask you to go see it with me again but no. never mind. all right never mind because i've only seen you're it done? once i need to see it again uh, I, i'll go see it with all you right again. cool let's go watch it all right all right, so uh, you gave it a six. You gave it a squishy five. I'm going to say it's a seven, <laughs> just to just to just to come in a little higher. I like that, and I'll tell you why. Once I got past the resemblance to Dennis Quaid, <laughs> can't let that go. Can I, can't, I can't let it go, man, because you know it's just like it's a visual thing, and when he smiles and and does his this thing, it, it just puts my brain there. So I I I think of that. But besides that. I had no trouble seeing Han Solo in this story and Lando and every, I mean, like it felt right. It wasn't taking me out of it. I totally felt those characters. And I don't know if that's just the setting or if it was the acting or the directing or whatever, but I, I it didn't take me out of the movie. So I, I still felt like we were still there. So it was enjoyable. It's a popcorn movie. It's not like a, it's not high art film. Sorry, Ron Howard. I, I heard right. I heard a really funny thing earlier. It was like <laughs> you can't get mad <laughs> at eating a turd burger if you brought shit to the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I can see that. That makes sense. 
And I'm not saying the movie's a turd burger. I'm just saying that, you know, look, man, for all the bullshit that they, that they had to do, had to deal with and what we got, and it's still fun. I nostalged hard. I had some really nice nerd boner shit. Uh, there was like a really pretty girl. Fuck mall. Uh, I'm, I'm not really into that, but I'm, I'm interested to see where they take it. Uh, but yet again, I'm going to give it a second go. You guys, well, except for Jeremy, have, have liked it <laughs> upon repeat view. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say that it it ranks above Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones just under uh, the third one. And I don't know, man. I really, I really liked Rogue One, so I, it's in there with me. I don't know. But it, it's better than the first two prequels. <laughs> Yes. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us tonight. You guys have been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew, and crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter at Pod. And please leave us a five-star review if on If you leave I- a five-star review, I will send you a T-shirt. <laughs> On iTunes and Stitcher, <laughs> and you'll get a T-shirt from Jared. I promise I'll send you a T-shirt if you give us a five-star review. Is it just a plain white T-shirt? It's a surprise. Okay, there you go. A mystery shirt. Mystery stains. <laughs> <laughs> that shows my love for you, the listener. Uh, okay, mystery Black stains. Black light not included. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> totally should announce that at the beginning of the show, because, you know, as soon as we give our rating on the movie, they just turn the shit off anyway. Well, if you've listened this far, please leave us a five-star review. Drop uh, drop your email in there. Or, you know, if we if, if, give us a way to contact you. Drop your uh, Twitter name in there or something so we can contact you. Yes, please do. <laughs> oh, so you can get Jared's disgusting T-shirt. Wait, it could be full of love. Uh, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> under that black light. <laughs> Benson, where can people follow you, sir? At J. Edward Benson on Twitter. And Mr. Callan, where can they follow you, sir? You can find me online on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on the Twitter at Jared B. Callan. All right, guys, and like always, we're going to close out with a little bit of the soundtrack from Mr. John Powell. Uh, This is going to be track 14 from the Han Solo, a Star Wars story soundtrack. It is titled... Reminiscence Therapy. Please listen to this. You get the Han Solo theme. Well, Han Solo really doesn't have a theme, but, you know, his version of a theme that's kind of played through with the Han and Leo love theme. You get the asteroid theme. You get uh, the Star Wars theme. You get a a little bit of Luke's theme. You get a bunch of really good callbacks. It's really awesome. And uh, you know what? We're also going to close out with Trek 7, Chicken in the Pot. Which <laughs> a great name. <laughs> Chicken in the pot. That's Chicken right. In the pot. It's the uh, the bar song, much like the Cantina song, this movie's version of that. Uh, John Powell's the composer. Enjoy, guys.
Je 